Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Come on, well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? You guys good? Man, what a... What a beautiful time of year for us to be gathering. We want to welcome everybody that's joining us online and everybody that's here in person. What a, what a great season for us as a church family to just gather together and be reminded of the goodness of God. Amen? I know that in this season things can get a little, little busy, but we are, we are in the middle of Advent and kind of processing through this time, and I get to preach with the most beautiful woman on the planet. No offense to any of the rest of you ladies out there today. But we get an opportunity today just to, to share with you a little bit about our hearts in this Advent season and just all the things that God's doing in us. And I'm so blessed to get to do this with my wife. Um, she's an amazing communicator. And um, I'm, I'm actually super excited because not only today is she going to be sharing, but we're going to do a series together beginning off uh, 2023 together. And so Emily's going to be preaching a ton in that space. Can you give her a hand? Come on now. She so loves it when I put her on the spot like that. Uh, but we're just excited for the season that we're in. I'm excited for next week. Uh, Pastor Daryl's going to be preaching next week uh, for us as a church family. Come on now. And he's going to be preaching in the space of joy. So I just want to prepare your hearts. We're in a great time and a great season. Um, and we've had a fun kickoff to that as well. Yeah, we really appreciated Pastor Rod last week sharing about hope. Um, what a great message it was. We heard so much feedback on just how much it impacted everybody and just really stood, stood with them all week long. Um, and it's really cool because last week I actually get to teach our kids' ministries too periodically. And um, so last week we t- also taught on hope. We're in sync this month through the season of Advent. And it was really fun. I like to bring these things in to share with you about our kids when I can. And uh, we talked about hope, and we asked what hope was and, and what they thought it meant. And they said, you know, it's like hoping for a gift. Um, it was really easy for them to relate to right now in the Christmas season. And so we talked about what's the difference between hoping for a gift, maybe under the Christmas tree, and our hope that we have in Jesus. And what's the difference here? And I said, maybe you are hoping for a hoverboard. And they all really quickly corrected me. That's old news, apparently. None of them are wishing for a hoverboard anymore. I had to catch up to the current wish list. Um, But we talked about, do you know if you're going to get that gift under the tree? And they said, no, we don't know if we're going to get it or not. And so what's the difference between that and our hope in Jesus? And our hope in Jesus is something we know we get. It's period. It's concrete. We have that in our lives. And so it's just such a cool conversation with our kids that our hope in Jesus is so much different and so much bigger and better um, than our hope we have in things here on earth. It was just a really cool moment. So I always like to bridge that gap. Your kids are having fun, awesome conversations to ask them what they're learning. They'll probably tell you initially they don't remember. Uh, that's normal for kids, but just pry a little bit deeper, and uh, they are learning a lot back there and having some fun. And then personally this week, I was reading through Romans. I've been reading through the book of Romans really slowly in my personal devotion time, very slowly creeping through it. And I I was reading Romans chapter 5, and it just reminded me of what Rod was speaking on. And so I just thought I would share. And it's Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. And it says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. 
And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And I just really got stuck on those uh, words that were tying the first part to the second part. And it says that um, because we can now experience. So that process of working towards hope, going through troubles, feeling pressures of life, going through those hard times, it's a progression that ultimately leads us to hope. And now because of that, we get to experience God's endless love in cascading ways into our hearts. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture of why we're pursuing hope, why in times of trouble, why in times of pressures, we stay the course, we allow God to develop in us that patient endurance and that joyful confidence. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Um, And it's just so powerful. Yeah, and, and as Rod taught last week, man, I don't, if you didn't get to hear Rod's message last week, please go online and listen to it. It is one of the best messages I've heard in the arena of hope. It, it, it inspired such confidence and foundation in the belief that we have and the, and the hope that we have and really the faith that we have in who God is and what he's doing in our life. Amen, church? And Romans just speaks that, and I love, as Emily was just sharing that with me, it just challenged my heart. This is what Advent is all about. It brings us back to some foundational things in our life. Um, and there, how many of you know that in our world today, there's not a lot of hope in most people's lives? People are struggling in this space. And today we're going to lead into a topic that, because hope leads us to today's topic. Hope leads us to peace. Everybody say peace. Hope leads you to peace. If you are hopeless, I guarantee you, you don't have peace in your life. Guaranteed. And so the foundation that Rod set for us last week and really what Scripture builds in our life is that as we build on this foundation of hope, there's some benefit. There's this beautiful thing that will come to your life, and it's this gift of peace that only comes when we have some assurity in who we're putting our hope in. Amen? And so I want to read with you uh, this morning. I read this actually last week in our opening time. Um, But I want to read with you a prophecy that was spoken 700 years about the Messiah that was to come. 700 years before Jesus showed up on the scene. Isaiah chapter 9. I want you to open up your Bibles if you have them. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen. But this is a prophecy spoken about Jesus 700 years before he was ever even a thought, right? Now, how many of you know that the reason why God used the prophetic word was to confirm to people that he is God and sees the beginning from the end? You guys with me on that? And so when we get to look at the Old Testament, we get to look at the prophecies of the Messiah. The Jewish people were living out of these places of faith because God had spoken to them prophetic words. And so it was inspiring this incredible thing called hope in their life, right? Because the current circumstances that they were living in were not very hope-filled. You guys with me today? Like the current circumstances that they were wrestling through did not have a whole lot of hope in them. And I would just say we can relate to that in some ways in the culture that we live in today. We see things happening around us constantly, lives being changed, laws being passed, a country that some of us don't recognize like we used to. Like all of these things are changing and shifting around us. And how many of you know that if your hope is in those things, you're going to be struggling right now? But if your hope is in the person of Jesus Christ, the rock that never shifts or changes, man, we can sit back and have exactly what we're going to talk about today, and that's peace in our lives. So I want to read with you out of Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to be in verse 6, and it says this, For a child is born to us. Everybody say us. Us. A child is born 
to us. A son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called. So I want you to, to listen to these words. These are the identifiers of who the Messiah is. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince or the Ruler of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Everybody say never. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And guess what? It did. It did. This prophecy right here was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ who came and was born in a manger. I'm just going to tell you right now that's weird. It's just weird. That the king of heaven, the king of the universe, would find himself in such a humble and lowly place. But here's the beauty of it. Isaiah right here is telling us this king, this ruler of peace, his kingdom will have no end to it. Everybody say amen. And because of that, we have this atmosphere that is built around our lives, not because we're putting our hope in something that shifts and changes, but because we're putting our hope in an eternal word and a person who never changes. Amen? And that gives us peace. Yeah, in John 14, 27, it says, I am leaving you. It should also be on the screen. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And just like all things, a gift needs to be received and opened. But this mm -hmm. gift is for us and at our uh, availability whenever we're ready to receive it. Um, the really great thing, like Tim's mentioning, is heavenly peace is an atmosphere we live in. It's not something that's dependent on circumstances or situations. Yeah. It's a peace that uh, can be in our hearts and our minds and in our physical bodies 24-7 if we allow the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and that fruit to be produced. Mm. So let's talk about peace, and I just want to—I want to shift us just a little bit this morning. We're, we're kind of prepping your hearts for, for this this word of peace to be deposited in you. I want us to pause for a minute and actually look at the biblical foundation of this word peace, because a lot of times, how I many of you know, we bring our own context to words that we hear. If I were to say the word love to you, you bring your own context to that what you have interpreted love to be. But how many of you know that oftentimes through Scripture and the revelation of God's Word, what God is actually describing to us is different than what we think in our minds. And so what we need, I want to help you with this this morning, is a renewing of our mind, a making new of the way that we think about some things. And that's really what moments of reflection like this are all about. It's us coming into alignment with God's Word and what it's actually saying. And this word peace that we see here, both in Isaiah and as we read throughout many other places in Scripture, has a different connotation to it than what Emily was describing our kids think of when it comes to hope, right? They had an idea of hope, but in reality, that's not actually hope, that's wishing, right? So we want to establish ourselves on the biblical principles of these true words if God's kingdom, if, if, if Jesus' kingdom, the culture and atmosphere of it is peace, then we need to know what that means, right? And so this morning I want to share with you what the biblical words here are for the word peace so that we can put some, wrap some context around it when we're thinking about 
what should peace look like in our lives? What are we aiming for? What are we experiencing? And so when we look at biblical peace in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, the word is shalom. Okay? And many of us have probably heard that what word before, but if you look up on the screen, it says to be safe in mind, body, and estate. So in other words, it's your whole being. It goes on to say to be complete or whole. If you ever get a moment to pray with April, this is one of the things that April loves praying. It's something that she is just super passionate. This place of wholeness and well-being, it's the shalom, the peace of God in your life. God's not interested in just you being emotionally safe. He wants you to be in your whole being safe. He wants you to understand the peace that comes by resting in His capabilities, not in yours. That's the shalom that we see of in the Hebrew language. And in the Greek, um, it's, it's a word that, that has even, I think, a little bit more color to it as we look at it here. And, and it's the word irene, and it's, it says this. It means one, peace, quietness. Anybody in for some quietness in your life? Come on now. Rest, right? It's originated from the root word ero, which means to join or to tie together, listen, into a whole. That means your spirit, soul, and body, God wants to be tied together in peace, in rest, okay? So as we think about this word this morning, we, as we think about this peace that Scripture defines, how many of you could clearly say that you recognize that this peace that Scripture describes is different than what we experience out in the world. I don't know what social media does for you. I don't spend a whole lot of time on it because it doesn't bring me peace. Amen? I don't spend a lot of time listening to the news. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with listening to news. I think there's some great things important. We need to be informed. But how many of you know that the news will not bring you shalom? Shalom only comes through the person of Jesus Christ. And so when we think about this, this is in short supply in the world that we live in today. I want to speak something over us as a church. You have access to something that our world is desperate for. I guarantee you, your coworkers and your neighbors are looking for shalom. They are looking for some quiet. They are looking for some rest. They feel torn apart emotionally and physically and all of these things. They don't feel whole. Why? Because shalom, peace, only comes through knowing the king of peace in their lives. And church, listen to me. You have that in you. You have access to that because of who Jesus Christ is. Here, I love this, what it says in Galatians chapter 22 or Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, there are not 22 chapters in Galatians, just if you were wondering. Just seeing if anybody was going to catch me on that. Galatians 5.22 says this, listen to these words. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Let me interpret. The Holy Spirit of God that is living inside of you, that is working inside of you, that is forming and shaping inside of you, is creating these very things. Now let me list them off for you. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And there's another one called self-control in there. We're not even going to get into that today. You're welcome. The Holy Spirit is at work in your life 
Because Jesus came, and there's a work that's being done inside of you, listen to me, that peace is being formed and shaped inside of you. It's a fruit of the Spirit of God living, dwelling, and working in you and I. Advent is a time for us to reset that in our lives, to stop the busyness of the world that's around us and say, God, we want to align with your shalom. We want to align with rest. We want our hearts, the stuff that's going on on the inside of us, to be different than what's going on on the outside of us. That's what Jesus has promised to us. The challenge with that, listen to me, look, look at me for just a second. The challenge with this this morning is that there's a world around you that is trying to destroy that very work inside of you. And I mentioned it before. There's all kinds of things that come against that peace being formed in our lives. In church, we have to be reminded that our king has created a kingdom of peace for you and I to live in. That means that means that we should have a rest that when the world around us is going bonkers, people look at you and go, "What is wrong with you? Why are you not freaking out?" Why do you have some, why, why are you not like running from here and there? Why does the news not bother you? And, and we have to be able to live as a people of hope that have peace even in the craziness of this life that surrounds us. But here's the reality of it. This world is designed to come against the peace that's in our lives. And so church, we've got to learn how to be a people that live in peace but understand the wrestling match that's taking place right here and now. Yeah, so uh, let's get a little personal now, and I'm going to share a, a little bit more on a personal level. Um, I would probably say that my whole life I wrestled with anxiety from a little girl on with bad dreams. I'm sure many of us can look back and see moments of that throughout our whole life. And um, But it really, I think, came to a head in about 2019. And what's funny is in 2020, when we were working on our schedule, um, I, it worked out schedule-wise for me to help teach on peace two years ago. And it was a big wrestling match for me because I was in the middle of really working out what does peace really mean. And so some of you were there for that message two years ago. And so it's funny, again, that here we are and looking at the schedule, there was no intentional, intentionality to me speaking again today, but it just has worked, what worked out best schedule-wise. And so here I am again talking about peace, and on a very personal level, it's been a journey I've been on specifically the last three years, but really something my whole life. And I found myself, just as a quick recap, in 2019, starting to experience anxiety attacks. I was uh, found myself feeling incredibly, incredibly terrified. I felt fearful all the time. Um, found myself in a ball many times on a bathroom floor, wherever I was at, just a mess. Um, I brought tissue, guys. <laughs> But all, all that being said, I've been really on this journey of God was peace really mean, right? And you read these scriptures and they're supposed to make sense. And they didn't always make sense to me in those moments. And so what I just really love that I get to come up here two years later and share what God has brought me to. And, and it's not necessarily a fun thing to hear. But the biggest reason that I wasn't experiencing peace is because I didn't believe him. And I read a lot of books, and there's a lot of books on peace and anxiety that tell you a really nice story about peace and anxiety. 
But I only found one book that really got to the heart of it and was like, no, the, the root really is here. And so as I began to work through my theology, uh, which is a lot of fun, I realized I was wrestling with these things because I really, at the core, didn't believe God for what he was saying. If I really, truly believed God, then it would be impossible, honestly, impossible for me to experience anxiety and fear. And I'm going to pull this out into all of our lives here. If we truly believe that God is with us, it's impossible to experience anxiety of being alone. Impossible. If we truly, truly believe that God works all things, good and bad, for our good, for those who love him, then it's impossible to experience anxiety because we went through something bad or had a bad experience. It's impossible. If I really and truly believe that God will supply every need I have, then anxiety about finances or caring for our family, it can't exist. And if I truly believe there's no condemnation for those who serve Jesus, then I can't be experiencing anxiety about how God views me and what he thinks of me. And in worship this morning, I just felt like God was adding to this list saying that there's people here today that are experiencing anxiety due to shame. And if we really believe his word, we can't experience anxiety from shame because guess what the word tells us? that he removes our transgressions as far as from the east as the west, that when we ask him to forgive us, he does wholly, completely. He throws our sin into the sea of forgetfulness, and he doesn't remember it anymore. You're a new creation that he's created, and that's how he sees you is as that new creation and as that new work. So if you're not experiencing peace in your life because of shame, it's time to break that and start declaring God's truth over your life because you shouldn't be experiencing anxiety for that. That is not how God designed his kingdom. That is not what he has for you, and that's not what he's called you to. So let's stand firm in that. <laughs> and I, <laughs> thank you. But I just want us to be, think through this because we're, God is not asking us to be perfect in this. None of us will be, right? That's impossible. And it's funny because all week long, um, as we're preparing and talking to this message, I was driving around, and I'm the biggest questioner if you've ever been in a Bible study or a situation, I question everything. I feel like I'm like the Bereans and Acts that go back and make sure it's true. And so the whole week, I'm like, do I really believe this? Is what I'm saying, is it, is it really true? Like, is it really impossible for me to have anxiety if, I, if we really believe God at his word? And it was just a really cool moment. I was driving home from, in, from work one of the days this week and just got, uh, you know, uh, just filled with anxiety for a moment. I had some things that have cycled anxiety-wise come back to mind. I'm sure we've all experienced that. There are certain things that the enemy knows he can get in quicker. Um, and I was starting to really experiencing that in my mind as I was driving home. And I, the word came to my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. If I'm preaching this, is it really true? And so I started just declaring God's promises over that situation that he, you know, he's working everything for good, that he is for us, that his goodness and mercy pursues me all the days of my life, that his goodness and mercy pursues my children all the days of their lives, that he is for us, that he's not against us. And I started declaring that. And I tell you what, within minutes, that anxiety was gone. So I want to give you perspective that you will experience anxiety because the devil is real. And he is going to throw it at you whenever he possibly can because that's how he works. He wants to destroy you. He wants to wreck your peace. He wants to wreck your hope. 
And so when those moments come, though, this is where we turn and we stand on the word because those things cannot exist in light of the truth. They can't. So start this practice in your life. And one thing I'd encourage you to do is to look at the scripture in Mark 9. And Jesus is talking to a man, and this man is asking him for help. His son has been tormented for years and years. And he says, the man says to Jesus, Jesus, can you help? If, if, if you can help, will you help? And, and Jesus said in Mark 9, it's I think on the screen here again, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And that should be the prayer in our heart. God, help me to overcome the unbelief that I'm wrestling through. Help me to know your truth and to stand firm in what you have spoken and to know what you have placed for me to live in and to walk in. Uh, Jesus is for us, guys. He is for us. Um, He is not against us. And he really has given us a gift of peace that we can walk in completely and wholly. You know, Jesus um, talked about the spaces. Emily and I, were we were really wrestling through this this week of just this conversation about can, can anxiety live in us? Can it be there if we actually believe God and his word? And we, we had to be honest with ourselves and say, no, it can't. But here's the reality of that journey is we are all in the journey of learning how to trust his word above everything else in our life. And I love that scripture, that, that invitation there for us in, in John 9, um, because it, it, or I'm sorry, Mark 9, because it, it's, that, it's that question for us, do you believe? Like, do we believe? Most of us have an if inside of us. I just want to put that out on the table. It's okay to have an if in there. If. We're working through that. We're flesh. We're learning. We're growing. This is the experience of following Jesus, but where he's trying to bring us to, the destination that he's trying to bring us to is for us to go, God, you can. You can, because I've seen you do it over and over and over again. And that is the journey that we are on in this journey of faith. I love John 14, 1 says this, don't worry or surrender to your fear. How many of you know that is a good declaration from Jesus? Hey, you, Tim Fortin in Boise, Idaho. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. This is Jesus speaking. It says, for you believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. This was Jesus speaking to some disciples. He was calling them into this place of understanding. I just want to speak it over you today. Don't worry. Don't let your fear, those things that are trying to impede on your life. We talked about this earlier. The things that are coming to steal your peace. What's going to happen to our economy? What's going on in our world? Is Idaho even going to be a, a nice place to live in anymore? Like we have all kinds of crazy questions and things that we're wrestling. I don't want to say you're crazy, but you're a little crazy. Come on now. Like we're all wrestling through a lot of questions. Am I ever going to get married? Is there even a good person out there to get married to? I found one. You will. I promise you, okay? Like there's these things that we're wrestling through in life. And Jesus brings us to this place here where he's saying, listen, don't worry and surrender or don't surrender to your fear. Trust and believe. Trust and believe. What you believe, listen to me, will be a, a far greater impact to your life than you could even imagine. And so this is why Emily was talking to us this morning just about this place of belief. So I want to I I help us 
put a, put a kind of capstone on this place of peace with us this morning. Paul knew this. The disciples knew this. They wrestled with it. How many of you know the disciples wrestled with this trusting God thing? They were, I mean, listen, at the end of Jesus' journey, guess how many people were there for him? Not one. They all bailed. They all bailed. The disciples were wrestling with this same place. And I just want to say, hey, disciples, because that's what you are. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple. Hey, disciples, it's okay to wrestle with this. It's just not okay to give in to or surrender to it. Believe, trust, put your faith in Jesus. Amen? Paul knew this, and this is why Paul made a pretty emphatic statement that most of us are pretty comfortable with, or at least we've heard in Philippians, but oftentimes every time we read it, we're like, yeah, that's, that sounds great, but that's just not real. I want to read it over you today. In the atmosphere of faith believing that your peace is not sustained by what's going on around you in your life. Because Paul makes this statement, and he makes this statement as if, hey, Christians, followers of Jesus, this is the normal way that you function, okay? These are just the normal things that you do. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and he just kicks it off with a punch right in your face. He says, don't worry. Easy for you to say, Paul, you don't understand what's going on in my life. He says, don't worry about anything. Can I help you this morning? If you're worrying, it's an invitation from God to come to Him and trust Him more. It's not an accusation that you, ooh, you're a bad person because you're worrying. That is not what Paul was saying. Paul's saying here, listen, we want to build our lives on the person of Jesus Christ. And so, what some evidence of that is, is that when, when worry comes, we choose not to worry. How many of you know it's a choice? It's a choice of what we're going to put our faith and confidence on. And he goes on and says, instead of your worry, so he's acknowledging, hey, you're probably going to worry about some things, but instead of doing that, pray about everything. In other words, what is prayer? It's drawing close to God. Draw close to Him. Come be near Him so that something can tell, take place in your life. It says, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. How many of you know when you tell God what's going on in your life, you're wrestling through, and you thank Him for what He's already done, there's no space or margin in there for worry to hang out. We just don't, we, we take away all of the room for worry to hang in, and instead we put our faith and confidence in God. And it goes on to say, which is exactly what we're talking about, then you will, everybody say will. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, listen, will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. I want to just tell you something. Emily experienced the reality of what Paul was speaking about right here this week. When worry and anxiety came knocking at her door, instead of going, oh, I'm just going to sit back and entertain this, she leaned in and said, no, this doesn't come into alignment with who my God is. And then she began to replace that with thankfulness and gratefulness about who God is. And guess what she experienced the peace that guards her heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Church, listen to me. This is for you and I. This is for us in the day and age in which we live. This is the peace that Jesus is Lord over, not only in the heavenlies, but in your heart and life right here and now. He's the King of peace. 
And so when we think about this, I want you to, I want you to think about this. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you can't control. Did you hear me? Worry is a conversation that you're having with yourself about things you can't control. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things only He can change. Church, this is, this is what we're being invited into today. You can have a conversation with yourself about worry and just get spun out down a path that leads. We all know where that goes. It's not fun. We don't come out of that going, oh, man, I just feel better now that I've worried all day. <laughs> Nobody's done that. Nobody's gone to bed at night and been like, man, I'm so glad I just spent the whole day worrying. It's really going to make for a wonderful night's sleep. You guys with me today? That's not a thing. That doesn't exist. And Paul gives us the solution here. He says, hey, when you're in those moments, do something about it. Instead of worrying, pray and be thankful. And what's going to happen? What's the promise? Peace is going to come and reign over your life. The King of Peace, Jesus, you're going to encounter Him face to face. And there's going to be a rest that comes to your soul. And I, I want to, I know we make this, it sounds so simplistic. And it is simple. It's not easy. Obtaining peace in your life is simple. It's not easy. Emily sits here as a product of years and years of struggle and wrestling with this space in her life. And she sits here today as, as a beautiful piece of God's handiwork and one that is still in process. I would tell you I'm the same thing. I've wrestled in these areas. I think every one of us have experienced some of this. But the Word of God leads us to this place that when we come under the rule of the Prince of Peace, guess what you get to have in your life? Peace. Peace. And this is what this word peace is all about in this Advent season. It's not the fact that your Christmas shopping list gets smaller. It's not the fact that you don't have family coming over that you're not too sure you even want to be around again. I know nobody has that problem. It's not the reality that traffic stinks and that our work life is busy. And it's, it's, it's not those, those things. It's the reality that my life is ruled not by that, but by the Prince of Peace. And that when I feel those pressures coming into my life, I'm going to move out of a place of hurriedness and and restlessness, and a lack of rest, and I'm going to move into a place intentionally of saying, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, and you are the Prince of Peace. And so peace is what is going to reign in my life. And I thank you that you are. And then we just begin to, to label these things. You could, you could even begin right here in Isaiah 9. You're the wonderful counselor. You're the mighty God. You're the everlasting Father in Jesus. You are my Prince of Peace. Amen? That's what peace in this season looks like. It's not the absence of craziness around us. You with me? It's not the absence of busyness. It's the reality that we are anchoring ourselves in the person of Jesus Christ and that in that place of anchoring in Him, we have this incredible rest that comes. For us, as we, as you think about what this holiday season is going to look like for you, I want to invite you into something this morning. Rod gave us a beautiful invitation last week to let our hope be anchored in the person of Jesus Christ so that we can build forward with faith into all the other spaces of our life. We need hope.
We need hope as a foundation in our lives. And hope sets the space for us to live in this place of peace. And peace is not knowing a, a mindset or an ideology. Peace is knowing a person and his name is Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning and you're, you're hearing what we're saying. You're like, yeah, that sounds awesome, but I don't know about how to get there. Let me help you with the journey. It's as simple as this. We simply come to a place where we say, Jesus, I don't have peace in my life, and I recognize you're the only one that can bring that to me. And Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you so that peace can be the atmosphere of my heart, so that peace can be the atmosphere of my home, so that peace can be the atmosphere of my journey, because Jesus, that's the atmosphere of your kingdom. It's an invitation to relationship with the Savior of the world. And he longs for you. He longs for you to experience, listen to me, what he went to the cross and died for for you. And I just want to give an invitation to some of us who have maybe been walking with Jesus for some time now and we're wrestling with peace in our life. Don't give up. Don't let the world come and press you in on every side to the place that you get to where Rod was talking about last week of disappointment and despair and discouragement and depression. Don't, don't let those be the words that define your journey. Come to Jesus and experience the peace that passes all understanding. Amen? Because when we do that, listen to me, this will be the best holiday season of your life. I just want to expand it. These will be the best years and days of your life ahead of you. And this is a journey. We could probably preach on this every week, and we would all still have a lot of things to learn around this. Can I just tell you, I'm learning more and more about this every day of my life. In this moment right now, as we prepared for this, we're walking through a season of life where there doesn't seem like there's a lot of peace in every area, but what we're doing is we're experiencing the peace of God, and I can't explain it other than, this Bible stuff works. This Jesus guy is real. He loves you, and he wants to give you the things that he's promised you in your life. I want to pray over this this morning as we finish our time together. And again, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're joining us online or you're here in person, and you're wrestling with this peace in your life. Today is a beautiful day to come sit at the feet of Jesus and just say, Jesus, I, I've tried this on my own. It's not working out well. Would you come and be the prince of peace, the ruler of peace in my life? I give you my life today. I want to pray over us today, wherever you find yourself at in your journey, because here's what I know. Jesus wants peace to be the story of your life, not chaos and fear and anxiety. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we get to gather in this place today. God, we thank you not for only, not only the testimony of your word, God, but, Lord, also the reality of us seeing that lived out in our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you that the heavens proclaimed you as the Prince of Peace and that, Jesus, you rule over my life, Lord, and I'm thankful for that. And, Lord, I just declare that over this people, God. Lord, that as we gather here today, whether it's online or here in person, Lord, that we invite you to come and be the Prince of Peace in our lives, Lord. Lord, no matter what lies in front of us or fears or anxieties try to press in on us, Jesus, we choose you over that. And Lord, I thank you 
that because of the hope that lies in us, that Jesus, you are faithful to your word, and that God, you are you're sending Jesus back for a second return. Lord, I thank you. Those things are sure. They are true. And so, God, that gives us hope today to live in a life of peace. And so, Lord, we pray that over our lives and our families, Lord. Lord, that our homes would be a place of peace. Lord, that our work environments would be a place of peace. Jesus, because we bring you with us into every environment that we go into. And so, Lord, our environment is not going to dictate the peace that we live. And, Lord, I just pray that peace over this church family. Lord, that we would live in it. And, Lord, not only that we would live in it, but, Lord, we would be those that bring that and extend that into the hearts and lives of the people that are around us. Lord, when all the waves and winds blow, God, Lord, we get to stand safely next to you in the boat. And, Jesus, you speak to the wind and waves Lord, we thank you for that. So, Lord, today, may the peace of heaven rest over this people today. Lord, in the busyness of this season, Lord, may there be a wholeness and a calm inside of us, Lord, that doesn't come from anything that we do other than abiding with you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.